Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Heli, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow. In each episode, we spend some time catching up and sharing something we've really loved from the past few weeks whether that's a tv show a book maybe a recipe or even somewhere we've been and then we go on to discuss a topic that we feel is really relevant to right now the sorts of things that a lot of people are thinking about but aren't necessarily having the conversations about if you enjoy this episode please don't forget to hit the subscribe button on whichever platform you're listening on and leave us a review because it really does make a difference so how are you doing how's your week been My week has been good. It's been really, really nice. Our first week back in the UK um, and we came back for a family wedding, which has been postponed several times due to COVID. And it was so, so lovely. Like it couldn't have been a more perfect day. I mean, I'm sure they probably wish it had happened when it should have happened the first time. But it was so, so lovely to see everyone. Like my cousins, some of my cousins there I haven't seen for years because obviously I didn't see them. I haven't seen them since before Australia so it's been a long time coming and it was just absolutely beautiful but I think the drinking and partying has uh, taken it out of me because I'm, I can only apologise for how I sound and also my inability to get words out because I am now ill it's not Covid I have tested myself about 10 million times um, I'm just ill which is a joy it's fantastic but absolutely brilliant weekend oh I just can't can't stop thinking about it and also I've not been to a wedding as an adult I know that sounds like such a weird thing to say I've not been to a wedding as a as a grown human being (laughs) the only other ones I used to sing in a choir at a wedding but that was when I was a lot younger and then the only other wedding I've been to was a family wedding and I was seven and I was the bridesmaid so this was also a real novelty for me and I did a reading in the church Oh my god what did you yeah. read uh, I read the intercessions which sounds very formal but part of my family is Catholic so you I'm not Catholic but I read the intercessions which is basically like blessings for their married life together so it was oh. really nice to yeah to have a role in in the service in a little way everyone's like are you nervous I'm like nope no one's going to remember me on this day so I am fine <laughs> oh my god that's such a good way of thinking about it, actually. Right. I was like, if I mess up, no one, literally no one is going to remember it. So I'm uh, super happy to do this. <laughs> I am. Um, I saw all the pictures of like you and your family and your cousin. Of it. it just, it almost made me a bit emotional, you know, I think because I know how many times it's been rescheduled and to see that people were able to get together and celebrate something. It's just so lovely. Yeah. I mean, one of my cousins has been in, Vietnam for I think three years it's been a long time I've not seen her for a long time and it she came back and because they Vietnam just changed their 
their border rules as well because previously if she left she wouldn't be able to go back um but now she can you if you have a job there you can apply and get like government permission to go back so oh, wow. she'll she will actually be able to get back into the country um so yeah I got to see her which was lovely and my cousins who have obviously all been off at uni and oh it was beautiful absolutely beautiful and a little bit emotional I will say as the woman who just claims to not cry but actually does quite a lot yeah <laughs> join the club <laughs> um but how have you been you've had you've just come back from a whole week off how was it so nice I actually think if I hadn't had a full week off I would have probably just full-on burnt out because it's been like a wild few months um and it was really nice just to take some time to relax like sleep in a bit eat out like not do anything groundbreaking um but it was just really nice like we didn't go abroad we spent some time like seeing our families and then just generally like doing nice things and and catching up with friends and it just it was just so nice to actually take a break and not be this is very topical for this week's discussion but not be busy every second of every day mm. and I'd kind of forgotten almost like what that was like and I just feel like I'm like, oh okay and I know that this is like the thing to do when you come back off annual leave you're like right all of these habits I've had for the past week are going to be how I live my life from now on I'm not going to be stressed about work all of this kind of rubbish and then two days in, you're just like tearing your hair out. But I do actually want to try and have a bit more balance now. Um, so, yeah, I'm, fe- I'm feeling good. And we just had like the coziest week. We went to Oxford on Thursday for the day. Yay! Uh, and I obviously I've been with you a few times, but Alex had never been. So we got the train and we just we went to the Coconut Tree, which is our favourite Sri Lankan restaurant. We went to one in Bristol a few years back, became obsessed. And they started to open more around the country. Um, and Oxford, I think, is our closest one. So we went there, which was just fabulous and then we had a really lovely wander around the city and it was so autumnal and cozy and we got like really we treated ourselves a really cozy candle in John Lewis um and it was like the coziest loveliest autumnal day like you know those days where like I don't know if everyone does this but I often daydream um and I, I mean like, I think a lot of people get, daydream no this specific <laughs> like I'm good like I, it's almost like my mind gets stuck on like a thing. So sometimes like my mind will get stuck on like the day in Montenegro where you rescued the stray cats, or oh, yeah. um, like it, like I almost get like stuck remembering a holiday. I feel like it's one of those days I'm gonna look back really fondly on and be like, oh, like it's nice to think about this today when I'm really stressed. Um, but yeah, it was lovely. I have to say, like when I was living in Oxford, it was probably autumn was my favorite time of year there not only because I think it's a very autumnal city with all like the color of the stone like the university buildings but well also because most of the tourist crowds had left by then but it is a very like I think because it's so small and walkable but it's very picturesque it yeah is a quite a nice city to visit in autumn I think and of course we went to Blackwell's bookstore which I can't believe we never went to when I came to visit you I'd never been I mean I don't tend to drag people into bookstores unless they like really ask to I know but I would have thought it's very iconic but we went and we spent ages in there and it's just like I don't know I just get really excited in bookshops I don't really buy physical books but the way they had it of like our recommendations our readers recommendations like our customer recommendations it was just really lovely and I was like oh felt so indulgent like wander around a bookshop and just like browse and they had obviously because the medical schools there as well they had like the biggest medical textbook section and like just regular book section for medicine 
that either of us had ever seen. So Alex was down there for ages, like looking through the books. It was just really. I was going to say, I bet he was in his element there. <laughs> All of these like textbook things. And I was like, oh, okay, do you want to get them? Like, <laughs> I'm like, this book has a really pretty cover. <laughs> Do you want to share your recommendation for the week? I feel like that leads us nicely on. My recommendation this week is a book. And I actually think I mentioned it in passing possibly last week. Um, But it is the second Thursday Murder Club book. Uh, It's called The Man Who Died Twice by Richard Osman. And I, if you'll have listened to us talking about when we both read the first book, you'll know how much we both loved the first book. And I was a little bit apprehensive that the second one was going to be not as good but I mean I didn't have to worry at all clearly he didn't because it's become what like the fastest selling like second novel of all time or something like that oh really and he's won is it a nibby he's won he's won god I'm sorry to any publishing people that are listening I should know this stuff better but I don't anymore (laughs) he's won a big award for it um and broken a load of records um and it's so easy to see why but it is just the same as the first one and not not in like a samey samey this is boring way in just that way that he manages to combine like how funny it is but also like the twists and the deception and it's kind of taken me until this one to realize why I love it so much and I think it's because he like the way he writes is so effortless like yes it seems like such an easy it doesn't have to use big fancy words and it's not some like convoluted way of describing it just he creates a really captivating story that's like sad and funny and like cunning and but it's effortless like it just flows so easily and I feel like I hear the voices of the characters because he just like captures them so so well and I think that's why I love it so much and I think this one was possibly less I found the first one the, like it, a little bit convoluted at the end, like figuring out who did what and why. Yeah. This one felt a lot more straightforward, not in a not in a bad way. It was just a lot easier to follow, but just as brilliant with the characterization. And then at the end, um, there's the option to pre-order the third book. So, so that came up on my Kindle saying, do you want to pre-order number three? I was like, I've not even had a chance to read number two yet, but now I'm even more excited. Like, It is just that cosy, it's, it is perfect autumn reading, like yeah. really just heartwarming, but intriguing. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. I love it. Definitely recommend. And if you haven't read the first one, go back and recommend that. I'm pretty sure... I'm not sure if it still is, but they did have a deal on where you could buy the two as a bundle or the first one was on a special deal to obviously encourage people to buy both. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's one of those books that I, and I, this doesn't happen very often with books, but like you read it and you want everyone you know to read it. And then I ended up buying it for my dad for his birthday and he really enjoyed it. Told me he enjoyed it. I trust he did. Uh, <laughs> if he's listening, then I hope he enjoyed it, Dad. Um, then we got it for Alex's dad as well. His mum loved it. And like, I just, that's a really good sign that it's very like transgenerational. Like, yeah. We absolutely love it, but people a few years older than us have also really enjoyed it as well. Like, I just that's a really good sign of like a really, I guess it's what you want from commercial fiction, but it isn't like overdone. Yeah. Do you know what I, I mean? Like, you know, some very popular commercial fiction feels a bit like, oh yeah, here we go, like all that sort of thing. Yeah, and I, but I think it's because those characters are so 
identifiable like we all know one of those characters we all know a Joyce don't we we all yeah. we all know like whether it's I don't know whether it's your mum or your grandma or your aunt or whoever it is I feel like you just and that like some of the, the ways he characterizes them I'm like oh yeah that's just spot on like someone that I yeah. know it's so clever and I just I love it I'm really excited to read it I did buy myself a new book because of Kindle Daily Deals yesterday Daily yeah Daily Deals um which is a thriller but it's either going to be one that I read before the our next episode and I'm recommending it because I think it's the best book ever or it's going to make me too scared to ever travel again so I'll report back um I was like oh Halloween's coming oh, sorry someone's letting off fireworks loads of fireworks no please don't not now <laughs> yeah I'll keep you posted uh, my recommendation this week is actually a tv show though so Ooh. and it's it's not yeah and I so I watched this on I actually I never watch live tv but on I think it was Thursday night I was scrolling through the channels um and I came across the last like 10-15 minutes of the Will I Am documentary which was on ITV you can now watch it on ITV player and let me double check the name because I'm concerned I will get it I'm 99% sure I know what it is but so it's Will I Am the Black Print and the part I caught was he was talking about robotics and um lack of representation within the robotics industry particularly in the UK and I was like okay this sounds really interesting I'm gonna go and catch up with it so Saturday morning I sat down to watch it and it was it blew me away like if you do one thing this Black History Month go and watch it because I kind of thought it would just be about like um funding robotics and education for young black people I thought oh this sounds really interesting but actually it was so much more than that because he was exploring what it was to be black and British he was like the world knows the American um race story like race relations in the US everyone knows that everyone knows the struggle for civil rights but in the UK it's not something we discuss it's not part of our history that we own and we're upfront about and mm. the UK played such an integral part in the transatlantic slave trade like so so integral and so he's like, actually, like, I, I love Britain. Like, he's like, I absolutely love this country, but I don't know enough about what it's like to be black in Britain. And he, so he explores it and he starts in Liverpool and looks at, like, the actual history of black people within Britain. And it actually made me really want to go back to Liverpool and see more of Liverpool. I think when we went, we kind of, we were only there for a day. We didn't spend that long there, but I had an... I'm not proud to say, but I had absolutely no clue about black culture in Liverpool and what like a geographically important point Liverpool was. Like it was a slave trading port. Um, and I didn't I didn't know that. And there are museums and so many things in Liverpool, understandably, that um kind of explore that history of the city and you can see how the city is really trying to move forward, but also own its history and understand the importance of that. And so he did that. And then he went and spoke with um, like a mum and her two sons to understand like what the dynamics were. Like he was like, is this, can't actually remember where they went. Maybe Streatham, I might be wrong. Peckham they went to, and it was somewhere around there. Um, but he was like, would you call this the hood? And he's trying to understand what it's like compared to his experience as a black man growing up in the US and all of these sorts of like different um elements of what it means to be black and British and it was so educational it was brilliant but it was done in a way where like because he was on a learning experience himself as a white person watching it or as a non-black person watching it 
it was also really easy to like pick it up and understand why he not why he was going on that journey because that's really personal but like how like the steps through the journey he was taking and why he was doing it in that order um and I I've never been the biggest will I am fan like if anything I've been a bit like okay cool like not really had a strong opinion either way but I really respected him for this documentary and he really like ran it it head on and in the start he was saying how like it's not black history it's white history too and I just thought it was so true um I know it's like you and I have spoken about so many times but yeah I would just completely recommend watching it it's one of the best things I've watched in a really long time I'm really interested like interested to hear you say that because uh, I'm the same I've never been a massive Will I Am fan like just yeah take or leave whatever but that's that sounds amazing and to kind of go with him on that journey and I'm totally guilty of the exact same thing I don't know enough about it isn't spoken about like why is it not really spoken about like the the UK's history with black culture with black people with slavery I'd be really interested to see it from the perspective of someone who is a complete outsider and trying to find that information and understand more because yeah I feel like I'm coming at it from exactly the same place that he would be. Yeah and it was really interesting to hear him he also addressed right at the start he was like I think I'm gonna piss a lot of people off because he's like there's the idea of like he's like I've never discussed race in the UK and the UK like me, but are they still going to like me when they realise I'm that kind of black person who speaks about race? And like, he kind of jokes a bit with the, um, I don't say jokes, but it's quite candid with the person interviewing him and like confronting those things from the off. Like from the off, he has laid it all on the table and he's calling it as it is. And I just thought, good on you, because I think that really helps for the rest of the documentary. Like you almost know, like it's that open space. Mm. Um yeah, I, I wouldn't have watched it had I not caught the end of it. And I don't think I'm alone in that. So I just really want people to know about it and to go and watch it because it's also, I found it to be one of those things that's really good at directing me to where I need to learn more next. Because I think sometimes that can be so overwhelming, can't it? But I, I have like clear things I want to go and read about now and learn more about. So yeah, sorry, I've, I've gone on for ages about that. But as you can tell, I'm very passionate about that. Um, and I had um, a friend on, on Instagram kind of said the other day like where's that black square energy gone like black history month mm. not a lot of people are talking about they're doing like where's that black square energy gone and I was like damn like that is holding me to account like mm. and yeah. you know let's, I think it, it was a really fair comment I was like that's that's fair like damn straight this is a really great place to start I would say yeah it's kind of what we were saying about knowing where to start with those knowledge gaps and yeah. like not knowing what you don't know but you see something like that that really prompts you to go and find out more yeah totally and because he's learning it's not like it's very like entry level I guess is the only way I can describe it so yeah I'd really recommend going giving that a watch but I will stop going on about it now I will let you guys go and watch it please let us know what you think our recommendations this week as well as ever like drop us a line our contact details in the show notes um but yeah, should we go on to this week's topic? So I feel like this week's topic is a little bit ironic, but then also really timely because I'm ill and you've just come back from a week off. Um, so it all feels very fitting. But this week we want to talk about the importance of not being busy 
and also the importance of kind of creating and holding space for yourself a bit more and obviously not being busy includes rest and obviously I should have rested more and then now I'm ill but also I think there's something else to be said for creating less busy time in your diary and creating space for yourself in your routine to kind of cultivate thoughts and let your ideas grow and I know that sounds a little bit wavy um but I know that when I'm going like 100 miles an hour and doing everything on my to-do list there is literally zero space in my brain for nurturing any creativity or any progression and I think that that's a really underrated way of approaching how busy you are and making a bit more space for slowing down in your routine not just for self-care but to kind of nurture that part of you as well. I really agree and I think you're right it is like the perfect time for us to be talking about that because life also feels like it's the most in inverted commas normal it's been in a long time and even now like every night this week I'm doing something whether it's a gym class or a social thing or like recording the podcast whatever it is I'm doing something and we've all trained ourselves to constantly be busy and in doing so we've kind of forgotten how valuable it is to have that time I think there's a real benefit as well to like not doing things all the time like when you think about when you get good ideas or you kind of do problem solving and stuff it's often when you're doing mundane tasks like you're in the shower or you're putting away the food shopping and it's been proven that tasks like that allow your brain to naturally try and problem solve and process stuff but if you're always busy and you're always doing things that require your full attention you almost don't get that time you don't give your brain a chance to almost lean into the problem solving the processing and all of and all of the benefits that come along with that um and I think the more you are busy the more it feeds into the habit of being busy and you almost get a bit frantic with it like Mm. constantly going and then you don't have any time for anything to go wrong and then that's more stressful and it's just it feeds into a really like negative feedback loop yeah I think there's definitely something to be said for I mean, everyone knows that rest is rest is restorative and everyone needs a certain amount of rest. But like you said there, it's it's not just about we're not talking about rest here, like sitting in front of the TV and having a quiet evening, although that is obviously beneficial. But I think there's something more than that in terms of doing those mundane tasks or letting yourself kind of just rest and slow down to allow your almost like allow your brain to reset and kind of find that creative sort of flow because you can't always be in a state of doing like doing 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 is just is impossible you need to give yourself a chance to to think and be creative and make I guess to pause and be able to make those more considered choices as as well rather than just rushing at 100 miles an hour through everything that you need to do every single day I think that's it though isn't it's like that consideration it goes back to what I was saying a few weeks ago about like being intentional. Like when you purposefully give yourself more time to do things or like have breaks in your schedule, because you're doing that consciously, it also means the things you're choosing to do, you're doing more consciously. And it's all a little bit more considered and there's thought behind it. And so you can enjoy that time of relaxation or just switching off or just being. You don't always have to be doing something. And I think if you can if you want to be able to live in like a way that is like a healthy sustainable habit not talking like sustainable in terms of the planet I'm talking like 
something that you can actually continue as like a good positive routine you need space because you don't know when maybe some days you're just going to feel a bit off you're going to be a bit slower something might happen and if you're constantly busy you have absolutely no like you have no capacity for things to go wrong for to just be a human being and you can't keep that up for a long period of time whereas actually if you scale back a bit not only do you have more time if life happens but you actually enjoy what you do a bit more because you're not moving at 100 miles an hour. Like even if it's work, like if you think of when you're really manic and frantic at work, you might be like getting loads done, getting loads out the door, but then you almost ca- you almost can't, no, oh, no. You almost can't like um, keep up with yourself. Whereas, and you don't really get any joy out of it, but when you have a bit more time you can sit back you can relax a little bit more you can enjoy it a little bit more and you can kind of do it because you enjoy it and get that fulfillment out of it does that make sense oh yeah definitely I think there's almost you've got two benefits because there's the side that like you're saying there the enjoyment and the fulfillment and I think part of that comes from being intentional with how you're using your energy and again I'm not talking like kind of woo with like energy I'm thinking like how are you actually using your how are you expending your energy throughout the day and I know we've spoken about it before and prioritizing how you like how you allocate your energy whether it's to work or to family or certain people are there certain people or tasks that are a drain on your energy and I think having that awareness it it can't happen if you're constantly busy I think if you allow yourself to not be busy it means you can you can stop and take stock of those things like how you're using your energy or what your priorities are and kind of gives you a bit of pause for consideration of your progression whether that's progression in life or career or relationships I think you need that moment to almost Mm. step back and like see like you know like see your life from above do you ever have that where you kind of have a weird little not out of body experience but where you really like step back and think like it like kind of imagine where you're going to be in five years time or what your opportunities could be from this role that you're currently doing things like that and having a I so rarely do that but I think if you're if you have the chance to slow down and take stock a bit more it becomes a lot easier to kind of evaluate those priorities going forward Mm. I think it's also like really like um, really relates to that is when you're busy all the time you're often serving others like you're often fulfilling commitments you've made to other people that probably it might benefit you but it probably benefits them more whether that's that you're the one doing the food shop you're you're going to lead that meeting at work you're going to take on that extra piece of work you're going to be the one who like yeah, I'll come to you this weekend for dinner rather than getting your friend to come to you. And that's great to like think of others, all of that. But if you're constantly doing that, if you're constantly busy and your diary is jam-packed, you're not prioritising yourself, even when you're doing the things that are good for you and that you enjoy, if you are always back-to-back busy from the moment you wake up to when you go to bed at night, you're putting everyone else before you and obviously like if it's if you've got people who depend on you whether that's at work or you've got young children or you've got other people in your life who do depend on you it's not as straightforward as just to be like clear your diary always put yourself first but I think it's I would say it's probably even more important then to consider like what things you can kind of relieve to give 
yourself that time so you don't feel as busy all the time because if you're always serving others and like who's going to look after you and you can't it's that age age old thing isn't it? you can't pour from an empty cup oh yeah absolutely and I think that goes back to the kind of having the chance to reset your brain and have that kind of the space to cultivate what you what you need and what you want from your time because like you said if you're always giving to other people how are you ever actually going to like how are you going to find the time to nurture like what you want to focus on and what you want to do with your life career relationships hobbies whatever it might be if you're constantly giving that energy to someone else there's absolutely no way that you're going to be able to create that space for yourself and so I just backtracking to what you said before about kind of having the space for like problem solving and unexpected things coming up I remembered that we when we planned this episode in the summer I think we planned this um I think we planned it off the back of a quote that was in a James Clear newsletter yes yeah and I've just pulled up that quote and the quote says not being busy is a competitive advantage. Most people are so strapped for time that they can't take advantage of lucky opportunities or quickly resolve unexpected problems, maintaining a bias towards action, but leave room for the unexpected. I mean, he says it better than we ever could. Oh yeah, he um, absolutely does. But it, it is but true. so true. And I think that's why it's an underrated thing to do to make yourself less busy because it goes against everything we're told with hustle culture and always be busy and always be going for that next thing that next thing that next thing but if you're always doing that how are you going to have the space to take on those unexpected things that come up whether they could be good or bad unexpected things like there doesn't always have to be a negative problem it could be like he says a lucky opportunity that comes up but if you're so busy you can't recognize it how are you going to be able to take advantage of it yeah I think there's so much to be said for like you don't have to have your plate full all of the time because if it is you you can't take on your opportunities and then you almost have that thing of like oh I, w- I wish I could do it all and you end up either not doing anything to the quality you want to do it or you're doing it and you're not enjoying it as much because you don't have the time to enjoy it and then what what's even the point like I know sometimes like give things extra time and to do it just because you enjoy it is a real luxury but at the same time like it's important even if you can't do it with every element of your life I think even if it's just even if it's so one thing we've started doing at work is so we all had this thing of like our diaries are constantly busy and it was getting completely unmanageable and we actually decided we would block out every Wednesday morning so between 8 30 and I think it's 1 30 on a Wednesday we have a block in our diary so no one can put a meeting in and obviously, if something really important comes up, then it can go in. But it was that exact thing of we were all like, we're all constantly busy. And so we don't have a point to just think and just be and respond to an email. But like, go and make a cup of tea first and consider it and think it through. And we didn't have any like reserve if things went wrong or if we needed to change a plan or whatever. And to know that I've got that designated time where I'm not busy, like I'll still fill the time, I'll still have stuff to do. But I don't have a commitment to someone else as it were just mentally knowing that is so good so I don't think it is that you have to clear your diary entirely and do nothing even if it's just like factoring it in in a way that works for you giving yourself that grace of like 
you don't have to be busy every second of every day your diary doesn't have to constantly be jammed you don't have to be going out every evening and every weekend once you start to try and make that change it's like anything it becomes a habit and it becomes easier and you see more opportunities where you could you know actually I'm not I'm not going to say yes to that I'm just going to keep that time free and it becomes easier to do over time I think that's really good that your work did that because I think like we can all sit here and just harp on about the benefits of not being too busy and making sure we include rest but it's it is so hard to do especially in like a work environment where there's so much pressure to perform and I think if you're in a team or a group of people who hold space for each other like that I think that's really like a really strong step in the right direction and I know for me I obviously I went to a four-day working week in the last couple of months and it's made a massive difference and I didn't do that because I want to be part-time and like sit on my ass for a Friday like that's that's not why I did it I did it because I want to have that extra day to take advantage of those opportunities but as in if something comes up that I want to do I can maybe work it into my diary or if I want to go and see someone or go to an event or equally if I do just want to stay at home and do some planning for the next couple of months I have the flexibility to do that but I think having done that has made me realize that definitely for 2022 I think kind of stopping and having that space to evaluate is far more important to me than I think than I I realized because I just assumed oh I've got this plan and I'm going in this direction and you know I'll make my my yearly plans and that'll be that but especially as I feel like especially when we're in this stage where things can change quite quickly I think in terms of like jobs and relationships and houses and travel and like all of these different factors because we've maybe I don't know got more disposable income and there's more possibilities for us or whatever that might be I think to have the space to make those decisions rather than just kind of continuing blindly on is is really important yeah it is really that competitive advantage it's that that's agility isn't it like being able to one mm. be like oh I'm gonna just chill down I'm gonna get ahead like and then by getting ahead you're then giving you're freeing yourself up in the future and to be more responsive or you can be like I'm just gonna I'm we're gonna go away but I'm gonna leave halfway through the day so I can have a relaxing drive rather than like a frantic finishing work and speeding down the motorway somewhere not that you'd have a speed but you know what I mean um and I think we really normalize that thing of we don't have to be busy like you a you don't have to be busy all the time b you don't have to tell people you're busy all the time and if you don't want to do something being like oh I'm sorry I can't do that or I'm sorry I won't be coming to that that's fine you don't have to justify it to everyone so that's where we want to leave the discussion for this week we hope that you have found this helpful and of course if you do have any bits of advice or ways that you've helped like reduce some of that frantic busyness and just give yourself some more space in your average week please do share them in the contact details below we hope you have a great week we will be back next wednesday with a brand new episode but in the meantime please stay safe and we will speak to you soon bye bye anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect define an opportunity imagine talking to millions of people across the u.s like i am now identify a problem creating an audio ad is time consuming offer a solution utilize cutting edge ai imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds well we did to create this ad 
To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.